0: Cape Talk. Cape Talk. A world view from London with Adam Gilchrist. Uh, the world view with Adam Gilchrist is brought to you by Outsurance. SMS out to 30674 now. And you could save on car insurance. And if you don't, ask them for 500 round. Picking up the baton from her late husband, Adam Gilchrist, uh, Alexei Valdi's widow is calling for a free Russia. She's gone on some sort of campaign trail. She's stirring up emotions across Europe.
1: Yeah, she certainly is. And uh, where better to go for that than the European Parliament? Not always a very emotionful sort of place. Uh, it does seem quite dusty and austere on most occasions. But you know what? They warm to her enormously. She has a very interesting kind of trick to her. as Yulia Navalny. Uh, she's, on the one hand... Um, very sort of calm looking, very in control, but she also looks like she would, you know, murder your grandmother. She has got a slight sort of there's a depth to her, shall we say? But she, of course, is not the murderer. She's the victim in this case. Her husband, Alexei Navalny, we know, died in a Siberian prison a couple of weeks ago. But in her words, as she addressed European MPs, if you want to defeat Vladimir Putin, you have to become an innovator. She has absolutely blamed Vladimir Putin for the torture and killing of her husband she says she understands why people are, are weary of trying to stop vladimir putin failing with weapons money nothing works as she put it but she this is a, a catchy phrase that certainly has got a few people she we have to stop being boring if we're to defeat vladimir putin which is an interesting take on this so don't do the safe things do the out there things she is an impressive woman uh she's passionate uh, and she's passionate about the future of russia as her husband was uh, and we also know in the course of her discourse that alexei navalny will now be buried in moscow on friday and yulia navalnaya vowed to continue his work to fight for a free russia
0: and then to uh, latin america we go ecuador's assassination trail these are killings planned from prison
1: yeah, that's what they're saying. Prosecutors are looking at the murder of a presidential candidate. He was in the running to be president of Ecuador, Fernando Villavicencio. And they say his assassination was planned from behind bars. They have six suspects, five Ecuadorians and one Colombian who are being charged with his murder. Uh, Villa Vicencio denounced the influence of gangs. He promised to tackle them and then bang. I mean, in the course of that, he was shot dead at a campaign rally in the capital, Quito. They're so not even out in a way, you know, in the capital. Uh, police used CCTV to track down one of the suspects, followed him and that led him to a gang house, they believe. Ecuador is having a near civil war at the moment. You've got the government and most of the police and the army on one side, and you've got the drug cartels and one or two bank coppers on the other. And in cities like Esmeraldas, I was looking at an article about this yesterday, Esmeraldas Can be a ghost town one week, no go, nobody dare go because of the violence and so forth. And then the next week, hotels are filled, bars and restaurants, fiesta time, everything is happening. It's just pick your week.
0: And then finally, uh, there's been grateful indignation and outcry over a whites-only party in Sri Lanka. And apparently the club is owned by um by by Russians as uh, Sri Lanka has it a, a long term visa program for Russian citizens and now this white only party has is even impact on, on the diplomatic relations between Russia and Sri Lanka, Adam.
1: Yeah. One of the deals is that a lot of Russians have pitched up in Sri Lanka and other parts of the world too, um, after the invasion of Ukraine. Now whether this is Russians seeking to ensure their money is safe or to avoid conscription or whatever it is. Anyway, 300,000 Russians, more or less, have gone to Sri Lanka since the war in Ukraine began and have taken over in some parts and as uh, migrant communities do. And in one particular town in the coastal town of Unawatuna, they call it Little Moscow now. And there is a nightclub there that ran a white party. Uh, the line of the party invitation read, face control, white. And people must have looked at it and thought, what do you mean? And then uh, it got translated as, well, are you saying that you have to have a white face to come to this nightclub party? Uh, implicitly racist, disgusting, a bad idea. It's that sort of reaction on social media. One Sri Lankan posted, how dare they come to a brown country? and ban the people of that country. So quite a a backlash, or a backlash indeed, and it's got quite heated. I have to say, uh, I mean, I don't think this is at all innocent. I get the feeling that that they were trying to encourage expats to come together and put it really badly and racistly, frankly. But picture my own naivety. My wife and I were invited to a white party last summer. That was how it's called. I was very uneasy. I was really quite concerned we can't go to that and then my wife reassured me no it's only you have to wear white it's not about being white i can't think there's the same confusion in sri lanka on this occasion
0: uh, adam on on white clothing parties i refuse to go and people often invite me uh, because they they don't consider large people and i'm a fat person <laughs> if i were to wear <laughs> <laughs> Were to wear all white to a party. I'll just be like a wandering cloud from, from cocktail yeah, table to cocktail table. So, yes, I don't want to get yeah, to a party well where, a sheet. I, look, where yeah. I look like a cloud. So, it's fine. Thank you. Yeah. Keep your white It cold.
1: does take me back to university when we used to have toga parties and everyone just draped themselves in a white sheet. I do remember those. That's very much of their era, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Adam Gilgrist, uh, pleasure talking to you. As always, we'll back with you tomorrow.